Hello, and welcome to the Kitchen Sinks Friday Brief for 4 February 2022. I'm Klein Kitchen. Thank you for being a subscriber. Today, we'll discuss FBI Director is Making a Point, a hacker hacked the Hermit Kingdom, and AI is matching human coders. Be sure to check out the email as well, where you can find a lot of other great content, along with the links to all of the referenced articles and reports. Okay, let's get started. Our first story is FBI Director is trying to make a point. What's new? FBI Director Christopher Wray gave a speech this week on countering threats posed by the Chinese government inside the United States. Why this matters? Ray gave a similarly pointed speech in 2020, and his other public comments since then have had a consistent message. The United States has a China problem that it cannot ignore. Key points. On Monday, Ray spoke at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library and Museum in Simi Valley, California, and was unambiguous in his analysis. Quote, The threat from China has reached a new level, more brazen, more damaging than ever before, and it is vital, vital, that all of us focus on that threat together. When we tally up what we see in our investigations, over 2,000 of which are focused on Chinese government trying to steal our information and technology, there is just no country that presents a broader threat to our ideas, our innovation, and our economic security than China, end quote. The director goes on and makes clear that the challenge is broad in scope and complex in sophistication. Quote, What makes the Chinese government's strategy so insidious is the way it exploits multiple avenues at once, often in seemingly innocuous ways. They unleash a massive, sophisticated hacking program that is bigger than those of every other major nation combined, operating from pretty much every major city in China with a lot of funding and sophisticated tools and often joining forces with cyber criminals. At the same time, the Chinese government uses intelligence officers to target the same information, multiplying their efforts by working extensively through scores of so-called co-optees, basically people who aren't technically Chinese government officials, but who assist in their intelligence operations, spotting and assessing sources, providing cover, communications, and helping steal secrets in other ways. The Chinese government also makes investments and partnerships to position their proxies to take valuable technology, end quote. But it's about more than just hacking and intellectual property theft. Quote, the Chinese government is increasingly targeting people inside the U.S. for personal and political retribution, undercutting the freedoms that our constitution and laws promise. Over the past eight years, the Chinese government has hauled more than 9,000 people worldwide, bringing them back to China, where they can be imprisoned and controlled. Currently, there are hundreds of people on U.S. soil who are on the Chinese government's official list, and a whole lot more that are not on the official lists. And most of the targets are green card holders, naturalized citizens, folks with important rights and protections under U.S. law, end quote. Finally, Ray closes with an optimistic note and a promise. Quote, All of us in America and across the free world are in this together. And as President Reagan said in his inaugural address, 
No arsenal nor weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. And I have been heartened to see that recognition take hold, to watch and help our partners gird for the long, important fight now underway. And everyone involved in that fight can be certain that you will have no more committed partner than the FBI. End quote. Here's what I'm thinking. No need to beat a dead horse, but somebody hand me a stick. My views on the Chinese Communist Party are well known, and I don't need to belabor the story with repetitive commentary. That said, I want to underscore again the scale of this challenge because race speech has this squarely in view. The United States policy toward China continues to be convoluted and, at times, contradicting. If Chinese theft of data and intellectual property is as big of a threat as Ray says, and it is, then we need a foreign policy that punishes Beijing for this theft and complementary domestic policies that actually protect against it. If the CCP hacking campaign is bigger than those of every other major nation combined, then we need to have a comprehensive national cybersecurity strategy that is actually being implemented and a coherent overarching policy for dealing with all Chinese companies in the U.S. market, every one of which is subject to CCP law and coercion. Finally, if there is no country that presents a broader threat to our ideas, our innovation, and our economic security than China, then we have to crack down on U.S. outbound investments that are enabling China's technological rise and its ability to imperil our citizens and interests. The Biden administration needs to remember that China is a strategic opponent on the world stage, one with a defined and hostile ideology, with a comprehensive plan for leveraging its national power to constrain our own, and with real resources for implementing this plan. The discrete efforts of the FBI are laudable and necessary, but they are not sufficient. Our second story is a hacker hacks the hermit kingdom. What's new? A lone hacker reportedly took down North Korea's internet, according to Wired. Why this matters? The story illustrates how, even in a world full of powerful state actors, individual actors can still have outsized geopolitical influence. Key point. Recently, almost all of North Korea's websites, only about a few dozen, have experienced intermittent service problems, with at least one of the country's central networks being completely incapable of connecting to the global internet. Some believed this was the work of the United States or another nation in response to Pyongyang's recent missile tests. Wired reports, however, that the takedown is the work of P4X, an independent hacker who was himself hacked by North Korea just over one year ago. Quoting from the story, It felt like the right thing to do here. If they don't see we have teeth, it's just going to keep coming, says the hacker. P4X spoke to Wired and shared screen recordings to verify his responsibility for the attacks, but declined to use his real name for fear of prosecution or retaliation. Quote, I want them to understand that if you come at us, It means some of your infrastructure is going down for a while, end quote. P4X says he disrupted the Hermit Kingdom's internet by exploiting several unpatched vulnerabilities 
and launching a distributed denial-of-service, or DDoS, attack, essentially flooding North Korean servers with more internet traffic than they could handle. The U.S.-based hacker also says he's trying to get Washington's attention because it has not, in his view, responded aggressively enough to North Korea's targeting of foreign cybersecurity researchers. Quote, if no one's going to help me, I'm going to help myself, end quote. Here's what I'm thinking. This wasn't a huge hit against North Korea. Very few North Koreans have internet access, and many of the nation's government-backed hackers are likely located in other countries, especially China. But it wasn't nothing. Anytime one person takes down a significant portion of the internet, it's a reminder of how vulnerable some systems continue to be. P4X's DDoS attack wasn't particularly sophisticated, but it might still have significant implications. Which leads me to my last point. Beware of unintended consequences. It's not hard to sympathize with P4X's frustrations over a perceived lack of government help, but his actions could have important consequences well beyond him. For example, what if his actions disrupted ongoing Western intelligence efforts that were piggybacking on the networks that he brought down? What if the DDoS attack had caused cascading failures of essential services, punishing innocent North Koreans who are already suffering under Kim Jong-un's despotism. Finally, what if the North Koreans decide that they can't have every disgruntled hacker shutting down the nation's internet, and so they take more aggressive, punitive actions that actually risk escalating tensions between Washington and Pyongyang? This is why I continue to oppose so-called hack-back laws that would allow citizens to attack hackers online. There are just too many tripwires for bad things, and it's hard enough navigating the cyber domain without a bunch of cyber renegades running around shooting up the place. Our third and final story is about an AI matching human coders. What's new? DeepMind has a new AI algorithm that writes computer programs at a competitive level. Why this matters? Writing programs requires a mix of critical thinking, logic, natural language understanding, coding, and algorithms. An AI that can do all of these things could transform how such programs are generated in the future. Key points. DeepMind is owned by Google parent company Alphabet and has produced a number of bleeding-edge algorithms. The new algo, AlphaCode, uses transformer-based language models to generate code at an unprecedented scale, and then smartly filters to a small set of promising programs, according to DeepMind. In plain English, this means the algo has learned how to throw a lot of code spaghetti against the wall and to identify which programs are most likely to solve the defined problem. The amazing part is that DeepMind validated AlphaCode by having it complete 10 different coding competitions where it performed at the level of a median human competitor, quote, marking the first time an AI code generation system has reached a competitive level of performance in programming competitions, end quote. Quote, solving competitive programming problems is a really hard thing to do, requiring both good coding skills and problem-solving creativity in humans, said Peter Mitrovich, a software engineer at Google and world-class competitive programmer. Quote, I was very impressed that AlphaCode could make progress in this area and excited to see how the model uses its statement understanding 
to produce code and guide its random exploration to create solutions. Here's what I'm thinking. What will we get when AI creates itself? While AlphaCode has a long way to go before it can write its own AI programming, the processing power of these programs often allow them to become exponentially more sophisticated in relatively short timeframes. At the point where AIs are able to produce other working AIs, we will be entering a world where computer programming could simply be something we ask a digital personal assistant to do for us. Hey Siri, I need an app that tracks my grocery spending and buys Pringles in bulk when they go on sale. I mean, I guess there are applications beyond Pringles. This type of autonomous coding would not only make the magic of software development more accessible for everyone, the tendency of AIs to employ novel and counterintuitive approaches would likely also lead to new software development models, languages, and tools that humans are less likely to create, advancing and shaping our technological future in ways that are hard to even imagine right now. That's it for this Friday Brief. Thanks for listening, and if you think someone else would enjoy this newsletter, please be sure to share it with your friends and followers. Have a great weekend.